Hello and welcome one and all. It's another episode for the On and Off The Pitch podcast. Today's episode is titled Slow and Easy. I'm joined once again by the A-team, the one and only fellow YouTuber, Red Devil Weekly. How do you? I'm doing well, mate. Thanks for having me on once again. I know, no, no. These last minute Batman calls are turning out fine. And... From the far side of planet Earth, um, mid-lunch, the CEO of Premier Language Canada, Jessica. How are you, Jessica? I'm very good. And Snow- you're, eating, you're eating your lunch, right? I'm eating my lunch, looking out at the horrible white stuff that we have. You need to clarify when you say white stuff, so the listeners <laughs> won't think it's... Anything snow. to do with it. <laughs> okay, snow. Because the last thing we need is people trying to trace the podcast and think, what is this white stuff they're talking about? What is it? <laughs> what, what is it? <laughs> After watching oh. an episode of Narcos, they'd be like, they're talking about white stuff. Um it's a slow and easy, a slow and easy podcast. Obviously, we're trying to we'll try and be upbeat, we'll try and be humorous, and definitely we'll try and put forward some serious points. All three of us are dedicated devotees of a certain football club called Manchester United. So I think it's better that we actually start with the club, the manager and the ongoing saga that is, will he or won't he be sacked? Um, Let me jump straight in. Let me jump straight in. And and please, you know, as, as much as Jessica is eating, just jump in as well. Don't you think that the saga that we witness day in, day out um, about Jose and the players and uh, the fortunes of the club has gone on long enough. Are you, are you not fed up? Jump in, whoever, jump in. Don't, don't wait for it. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you to be polite. Jump in, Red Devil, jump in, Jessica. Well, all right, well, if you say so. Um, yeah. I think, uh, thing is, obviously, that win... Um, in my in my in my review, I kind of thought that it it could have saved his job, but I mean, definitely, I thought, um, you know, if, if he had lost that game, I could not see. I mean, I feel like he would have got ran out of town if he had lost that game. To be honest, pitchforks and torches and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I mean, to be fair, Marwan Fellaini, who actually we were talking about on the last time I was on the podcast about you know players. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Players. I was. I was. I put him up there um, in the list of players who I thought actually, you know, I I liked the Manchester United. To be fair, I didn't really agree with him starting in that midfield, but he got the goal. He got the goal. It was a decent finish by him as well. But I think Mourinho. In I think in some ways he was very lucky to win that game. Um. You know, and I, I think if he didn't win that game, I think a lot of pressure would have been on him. Um, still, the performance was really poor. I've got to say, it was pretty poor performance. Um, yeah, again, um, also I have to critique the the lineup selection. Uh, Nemanja Matic, I do not understand why he's still in that team. I mean, I, I know why, it's because obviously Mourinho, you know, likes him because he's kind of he's got the stature and things like that. But I, I don't understand it personally from a fan's point of view what he actually adds to that team. I think he's just way too slow. But I actually thought positively, you know, Fred, I thought Fred actually did well coming back into the side, considering he hasn't really had too much, you know, game time to come back in after kind of being on the bench for a while is is commendable. And I thought he did all right. Um, and also, as we were talking about as well, Marcus Rashford, uh, again, after his performance, another hot topic. Um, 
his finishing once again letting him down. Um, and yeah, again, we were talking about it. You know, this is this is the re- this is what he has to work on. This is the reason why he's not up there with the likes of Harry Kane and you know Raheem Sterling to a certain extent. You know, he needs to work on that because he had a lot of chances. Although to be fair to him, he was looking very very bright. But yeah, overall, it was a it was a pretty poor performance. But I guess in this context, the result was all that mattered in the end of the day. Okay. Um... You made some really pertinent points, which I'm going to come back to, definitely, uh, especially Fred and especially Rashford. Uh, Jessica, um, what are your thoughts on the, the saga that is? Will he, won't he? And just generally the, the, the performance in the last game and the result? I actually don't. I really don't think he's going anywhere at the moment. Um, I think that <clears throat> they, they... I don't think they're going to get rid of him that easily. Um, I think that in terms of the game, I didn't. I just watched the highlights of the first half just now uh, prior to this because I was working. I was driving home. Um, yeah, pretty dismal. Last second half was pretty bad. Um, first half, it seemed to be like they came out well. They seemed to mm-hmm. have come out well, and Fred had some really good shots. Rashford's finishing. Oh my lordy god! And and for anyone to didn't you all go holy? You know what? when you saw that miss and and why is everybody on Mourinho's back for doing that everybody in the planet would have done that it was terrible that first miss um team selection yeah I agree I don't really I don't know why he's so stubborn I don't know because he's Jose yeah I know it's because it's Jose but the thing is we all have to change in life and um, he doesn't do himself any favors, you know. I think that if he just, I didn't think they came out and parked the bus. I didn't think that he set them up. And I think he's, you know, we've talked about this, you and me, Rodney, that we, I don't think all these people, oh, he tells them not to do, I, you know, when he said, I don't tell the players to sit back all the time. I believe that because I think you can see that in some of the play. I can, you can see some of the things that they've been working on. I think that they just, we don't have the team. We really don't have the team. And I don't care, Popper, all this, oh, we've got such time. What the hell did Martial do on that game? What? Can you think of uh, what? I, well, do you know something? Since And please, like I've said, don't, don't hold back today because I think Man United may dominate the conversation. In terms of what, when you, you pose the question, what did Martial do? I think Martial didn't have a bad game, but I would say his decision-making was poor. Yeah. I would say his decision making in the final third was poor. There was um, a particular breakaway when it was at least three against two, or could have been four against three, and he was coming in from the left hand side, and he he simply needed to just shift the ball over, and and pass it into the person's path, and he took the shot, and it was blocked, and you could see at least three Manchester United players in the eighteen yard, and you're just thinking, come on. That, that that those numbers don't normally get that close to the box when anyone has the ball. So you have to kind of think at that moment as a young player, and I'm saying he's a young player, he didn't take the right choice. He didn't take the right um, action. He, he, he Actually, there was a moment of selfishness. And I don't, in any footballer, there's always going to be moments of selfishness. Sometimes you need to think about the team. Sometimes you need to think in a moment what what is the best thing right now for is it about me or do i need the team to actually go one nil up and and 
for us to relax. And that game had elements of a typical one nil defeat. It had elements where a team that we thought was could have been contained could have broken away and scored a goal. Martial for me demonstrated why he's a wide man. Rashford for me demonstrated why he's the striker that everyone will say that Jose is ruined, but I don't think Jose is ruined. Playing for Manchester United is 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 one of the biggest clubs. It's it's an honour to play for the club, and and to walk in the shadow of players like Ruben Nisseroy, um, um, Andy Cole, Dwight York, Sheringham, Solskjaer, Mark Hughes, goal scorers, goal scorers, and goal scorers in big games, and when you have chances. Uh, like he did in the first half where he chipped the goalkeeper, which I'm kind of on his side in terms of the bubble, but you expect those to go in. Yeah. Linking that in terms of Jose's reaction, and this is the bit that kind of I had to defend, well, I had to defend him always, bloody defending Jose, it seems. <laughs> um, it does, it's, you know, I may feel like the dark night, it's just, just, there's a light that goes up in the wall and I've got to go, ooh, Someone's Jose bashing. Um, my my tweet yesterday was, if Jose doesn't shake his head, some would say he doesn't care. Yeah. I sit in the East Stand, and I can honestly say, right, that there would be people doing more than shaking their heads. They'd have their hands on their heads. Their yeah. eyes would be in the sky, and more than a few choice words would have been shouted, screamed, and repeated. And they would have been directed at Rashford. They yeah. wouldn't have just been saying them. They would have actually added Rashford's name within the sentence. I don't understand why people have got a problem with Jose shaking his head. Because yeah. if they had panned to anyone in the East Stand, they would have seen everyone shaking their head and everyone looking to the sky thinking, how did he miss that? But it's Jose. So Jose shouldn't do that because Jose is meant to be, he's meant to actually be the Pope. He's not meant to have an, a reaction or display any level of emotion. The problem with that is that when Man United had a manager that didn't display any emotion, like Louis van Gaal, when he yeah. did do it, everyone laughed at him because it didn't look natural. Mm -hmm. so you can't win, you know. Yeah. Either way, there's going to be a, a section of the fans that are not happy with what the manager does. Ridiculous. But don't you also think, I mean, you're talking about Michelle, he did... If, if Martial, all the Martial fanboys, he's such an amazing player, shouldn't he be able to, like, pull it up? What do you mean? Shouldn't he be able to literally obliterate the team called Young Boys? Yes. <laughs> the plastic pitch, the pla the plastic pitch merchants. Yeah, when you watch Cristiano Ronaldo or uh, Dele, um, Dembele and all these, I was watching some of these goals that were scored yet. Like, you, that's someone with talent. They create something out of nothing absolutely nothing and there's the goal where was Martial that's my point my point isn't that he was like terrible like the whole team was terrible you know there was a lack of structure and stuff but but the point is if if all these Martial fanboys are going to go on and on and on and on about Martial 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 where was it mm, um, yeah I, I don't agree. know what do you what do you say Red Devil no I agree I, was good. I agree with uh, Jessica there I think um, a lot of times I was watching the game and a lot of times, as you said, actually, Rodney, his decision-making was poor. I think there was a lot of times where he picked up the ball on that um, that left-hand side and was running at that fullback. And instead of just kind of running at him, 
games isolating him and then making the passing, you know, making you know, playing him out of the game. He kind of continued running almost in a straight line and just he need he needs to work on that completely. But I, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of um, well, for your fanboys out there, I'd say, uh, or Martial FCers um, as well, um, who who very much blow out of proportion his abilities. Now, I'm not questioning that he has ability because we've seen it. We've definitely seen, you know, what Martial can do. He's produced some really good moments, you know, at the Everton game. He scored a really, really good goal. But And, and also, that's not the only game. There's other games as well. But I think that he, he, he needs to f- work on, you know, decision-making and just also being consistent and... I, I like to, you know, judge players on this, you know, the consistency, the C word, because for me, I, I think, you know, if you look at a player like Pogba, on his day, he could be unplayable, you know, similar to Martial as well, unplayable. But if you're not consistent, you know, that's where, you know, that's where your ability really shines through. Anyone can play well on a one-off game, but to do it week in, week out is what you need to kind of, you know, actually you know, show show what you're made of. And I don't think Martial's doing that at the moment, to be honest. So he needs to work on that, I'd say. Well, I think, I mean, this is, this is not a bashing session for Martial. It was just, for me, you, you have to be able to critique what you see. And you have to be able to base what your, com- your comments on, what it, with, about, on the 90 minutes that, that you've seen. You have to. I think if you go beyond that, you're starting to get into the histrionics of things. You're starting to talk about what they have done before. And I, I haven't got a problem with that. But if you look at what a player does game by game, if if you say that he, he, he tracked back and he tackled and he did all of those things, that was great. This team was not set up to defend. This no. team did not, in the first 10 minutes, did not look like they were going to defend. They looked like they were actually trying to score goals. They looked in an attacking mode. They had a certain level of thrust, a certain amount of threat, but it wasn't clinical. It wasn't decisive. It wasn't um, team-based or partnership-based. It was very much, there were individuals in that front three who didn't seem to be aware of the killer pass, the killer moment to actually include their teammate. Now, whether that comes with time, whether that comes with... um, a discussion between the players or a discussion from the manager or even a discussion from the coaching staff who say this is what we need you to do then that's going to happen over time but in 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 games such as these and this wasn't a carabao cup game this was the champions league game which would have you know millions would have watched because it's manchester united they would have been interested in that fixture those are the games you want to you want to you know set your your name in light. And when you have chances after chances after chances and you don't take them, people don't necessarily doubt, but the level of belief doesn't sustain what people say that you are. You know, you're gonna have to go back to the drawing board board as, as a player and think, right, that didn't work. I need to work on this. I need to do this, this, and this. Um, I, I will say that um, neither of the two players seem to hide. They seem to want the ball, which is a positive. Uh, and they and they kept going, but but in that particular game it didn't work out for them. And I I do believe that if they had moments within their thinking while they were running as to I'm going to have to lay the ball off at this moment to include my teammate instead of it being I'm going to run to the end of the pitch and when I get there then I'm going to think about what I'm going to do. 
it would it would one it would have changed the dynamic of the game two it would have changed the way that they appreciate each other as football players and I don't think they have that at the moment yeah I agree so, with that. but I don't but but then not to isolate them as two players I don't think there's that within the team yeah I agree I think there was one 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 run he Marshall made and I think Shaw started it and then <clears throat> Shaw overlapped him which we've seen a lot of recently um and Marshall just like completely ignored Shaw and, and that would have been the pass to make out and then Marshall would have run in and there were co people coming into the box that would have been the shot but he just kept running and then I think he ran into someone in the end he did run into someone and even the one twos with with Fellaini Fellaini was actually trying to flip the ball around the corner yeah. and Marshall had he'd actually stopped his run on two occasions and I, I actually again sent out a tweet saying that he was probably confused because Fellaini had his hair cut and he didn't know <laughs> He didn't know who, who the ball was from. He probably looked at him thinking, oh, you're with me. Ay, 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 ay. I had true. no idea. We, we were on the same team. If only <laughs> I'd known. Um, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely Marshall um, not squaring the ball um, when he had two players to his right. Rashford, uh, again, not looking up. Uh, and I think Lingard as well. Lingard's passing was so off, so off. He kept overpassing or underpassing the ball. His layup seemed off. Everything about him seemed off. And I can see people are making a lot of the fact that um, Jose turned his back and you know shook his head when Rashford missed. But not many people are saying much about when Lingard came off and Jose didn't even acknowledge him. Yeah. Didn't even acknowledge him. You know, and and, and sometimes a manager. Um, when they totally don't say anything to you, that's that's worse because it did. It, it when you don't care about someone, you just think I have no time to even look at you because of what because what you have produced on the pitch. I don't even want to waste any time saying anything. That is 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 a level of disdain that people should be concerned about. Not because he shakes his head, because that for me that shows oh he cares. It's the same reaction as any fan in the ground would have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You try walking past someone you know and they ignore you. See how that feels. Yeah. That's, mm. That sounds like work. <laughs> sounds like, that's what happens at work. I'm not talking to him. Um, Red Devil, you said that Matic is a manager's favourite. Yeah. I, is he the only one? <laughs> probably not, to be honest. Pro probably not the only one. I asked um, the question. I thought the cat answered. Yeah, I was say, but uh, no, um, I, no. I, I mean, honestly, you know, I just think sure. I'm not sure if Jose Mourinho is seeing what everyone else is seeing, or if he's seeing what he wants to see from the Man United. To be honest, um, because mm. I mean, I think that for, well, you know, for I think a lot of fans, um, well, I just look on social media and things like that. Um, whenever Matic in the team sheet, he's always one of the number one complaints. And I, I, again, you know, we saw again, he was just doing you know, very, very slow on the ball. And I always think as soon as he gets the ball, I'm always worried when someone's closing him down, that he's going to lose it because he's almost like on his left foot and he only has a left foot trying to turn around and things like that. But if you ask me, is he the only one? I, I don't think he's the only one, to be honest. Um, I think we will see Fellaini and Matic in the midfield once again for, um, for Southampton. And I say that because I think Fellaini is also, again, um, another favourite. Um, I, I mean, I think 
Lukaku, I think Mourinho does as well have a soft spot for Lukaku. I mean, in his interview as well, Lukaku was saying, you know how, you know he he, he doesn't take the crit, you know doesn't care about the criticism and things like that, and he he would run through brick walls for Jose Mourinho, and I think that's what Jose Mourinho wants from a player. Players who you know will will you know run through brick walls for him, does whatever he says, and and try and try and put in every inch of his plan into into a reality and I think Lukaku definitely buys into the Jose Mourinho way of thinking so I think there are definitely a few in the team also Chris Smalling I I'm not sure how long it's been since he dropped Chris Smalling uh, but he does seem to get into the team but I think fair play to Smalling he hasn't done too badly really so um, but yeah I would say I would say yeah um, the, the, there are more than just Matic but you know I I, I, I guess it's it's all right to a certain extent, because I guess you know if he ha- if he has favourites, they're going to get into the team all the time, and, and the only positive about that is, is consistency. But I think sometimes, as a manager, you need to see that you know what I'm doing, you know, was a definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting different results. And I feel like that's what ha- that's what's happening with Matic. And but Jose Mourinho's almost in a, in augmented reality. He's not seeing what the reality is actually that everyone else is seeing. He's just seeing what he wants to see with that situation. But again, I, I, I do think there are, there are definitely at least three or four favourite players, but and, and possibly even players he doesn't, he doesn't get on with. But, you know, that's obviously paper talk and whatnot. Right. The one thing I could come back to you, you mentioned earlier about level of consistency. This is where Jose has been consistent. Even though people say that, why do you truly understand the flip side to the argument that there isn't any? This is the one point where he says, This is why I'm being consistent. So, his augmented view, the parallel universe or the twilight zone um, time loop that he lives within, he's been consistent with Matic, despite what all of the fans say, supporters inside and outside the ground. We have discussed how slow Matic is. Jose's being consistent. And the one thing that we have complained about, whether it be about the front three or the centre-backs, we've said there's no consistency. So where there is consistency, we still complain. We're just one unhappy bunch. (laughs) (laughs) We're just so miserable. It's a good thing uh, for those listening in Podland that my brother, who is a Spurs um, devotee, isn't here because he he has some words for Manchester United fans and he, he, he we're basically spoiled and yeah. in his words we are drunk from the success of Sir Alex Ferguson and the bar has closed and the barman has has gone home there is no more alcohol to drink and we're now sobering up and it doesn't look and feel good but that's what's happening. I, and, yeah, and I agree with that. I, I put on Facebook when some somebody was whining away about the people were being pretty positive. Right? Like I said, in Canada, <clears throat> and this one guy was quite negative. Oh, why is why are people in Canada more positive than anywhere else? Okay, is it no. the weather? Well, the ugh. <laughs> about the weather. But I, I said, do you remember '99? I'm sorry. Were we were we winning that game all the way? Through? No. Destroying no, everybody in the planet, or did we meet, win that by a last minute goal? And does everybody ever say, "Oh, what a terrible performance! They only just won with that the performance was terrible." Yeah, so so you know, like 
where is the reality in all this? And I really do think that social media has had a lot, like, not to be critical, Karen, but the the not you because I think you're very balanced actually in your views. But the the, the Ooh, overall, he's got a white jacket on today, so we can't say that. The, <laughs> um, this 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 fan support that comes from people who a didn't live through the years of absolute nothingness with United and B, have very short-term memories or maybe weren't even alive in 99 to know what happened to you. Like, I can remember so many games with Fergie going, oh my God, please just score. Why are you playing that person? Why? Like, Welbeck, it used to be like my Fellaini thing. It used to drive me insane every time that guy played. It's like, why are you playing him? He's terrible. Get him off the pitch. Mm, well, Darren Fletcher was in that mould as well, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. And, and, and so people forget, right? And I think it's just so... Yeah, and credit to Joe. Like, I, I like the fact that Jose's being a little bit smarter, and he should have done this a long time ago <clears throat> about his press conferences. And I like the fact that he says, Oh, you people, you know, you say he obviously is watching some YouTube, I think, because of he of, yeah, he some of the stuff he said the other day was pretty funny, I think, because it was directed directly at those negative channels. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I, I would have loved everyone, and it's just this reference, like, like just what? the channel what? name, Red Devil Weekly, and yeah, you. Like, yeah. So, so yeah, no, it was. But I do, but I do like, I do like the fact that you know he's, he he does speak his mind, and I think, I guess one little thing is the fact that there's some people who do get kind of annoyed about that, but I always say, you know, this is. This is the Jose that a lot of people wanted and expected. And in the first few seasons, we kind of got, well, at least, you know, in the first seasons, he was a bit more subdued and everyone was saying, oh, he's so grumpy. Uh, you, you know, he's so boring in his press conferences. And as soon as he actually comes out and says things, people then still have a go. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that, to be honest. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. And he basically said that the other day. He, but yeah. that's exactly he more or less said that he said you know all you hate you lovers being sarcastic blah, 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 blah. and and you know and he's right like get off his first of all we have we don't have the players bottom line i don't care what anybody says manchester united does not have the players right now Martial and popper cannot save this team no matter who comes in in my opinion the well, it's, no, go ahead it's living in fantasy land. It really is living in fantasy. Oh, as soon as we get a new, you know, you can put anybody in there instead of Jose and Popper and Martial will be these amazing players and save our team. No, they won't. Because you know what? They're paid. You know what was funny on YouTube? It's, there's, there's certain thumbnails that I read that, you know, if Martial scores that last minute goal, is Martial save Jose. Fellaini scores the goal. No, Fellaini saved Jose. Well, he, he well definitely did. That. He definitely did hug Jose after that that goal went in, and, and there's definitely a um, a bromance, a, a mutual appreciation between player and manager. And I think, and I think, when Fellaini did that, it was a recognition of all of the abuse that Fellaini once had, and he's yeah. not necessarily getting it as much anymore. Uh, that Jose it's stuck not with him yes. and. And said that I'm going to make you appreciate this player. And we were like, what? what are you talking about? And let's be honest, that goal doesn't go in. Man United don't qualify for the next round. Yeah. That goal goes in. And with everything that's been said about jo uh, Jose shrugging his shoulders, turning his back, 
the performance, Manchester United have qualified out of that group. Exactly. And that's it. That's, you know, and that seems to have been lost. Manchester United, yeah, you know, the next game, Man United could play all of the youth team and lose 10-0. Wouldn't mean anything because they have qualified. So Jose being Jose has, um, he's back against the wall. He's in a corner. He's come out fighting. And despite what people have said, he's still moving forward. And he's saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to run the team. And the team may not be doing well in the league and people are talking about Man City, but Man City generally are, are obliterating everyone in the league, uh, in the Champions League. Manchester United have qualified. That's it. Yeah, and it's as simple as that. Sports is about winning and we won and that's all there is to it. You have to, you have to celebrate the good times. <laughs> they don't come around that often. Exactly. <laughs> Especially the at the moment. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, we will come back to Manchester United talk, no doubt, a little bit. I'm going to want to touch a little bit on the Champions League because we kind of mentioned that. Did you at any point watch any of the other games during um, this week's Champions League at all? Because I, I've watched a few. I watched um, Spurs. You watched Spurs and uh, Red Devil Weekly. What did you watch, if anything? Uh, I, I watched the Liverpool PSG game, yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, because we know that um, Jessica is in, in love with Ericsson, we'll, we'll go with her after you so that she can write down a few adjectives to talk about his physique and his oh, yeah. finesse on the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair so we'll, go with, we'll go with Liverpool 1, PSG, Pub, Harris Soccer Group or Pub Soccer Group 2. What yeah, do you think well, about that game? No, I, yeah, I, I thought it was... I mean, it was... Uh... It was a good game. For me, it was a good game to watch. Um, I thought, you know, PSG in the first half, Liverpool were not at the races at all. Like their performance was really flat, I thought, from Liverpool. I expected them to be a lot better. Uh, PSG obviously got the two goals um, and, you know, were, were un- annoyingly didn't go in 2-1, no, 2-0 uh, up at half-time. Obviously, giving away a, a, a really poor penalty by uh, the United reject Di Maria giving away the penalty and, you know, James Milner does what he does. But, yeah, Liverpool in the first half really weren't at the races. And I think in, in, their their whole performance actually was disappointing. Um, mm. And, you know, especially in the first half or the second half, you expect them, you know, they've got, the, they've got the goal, they're back in the game, they can come at PSG. You know, they don't have that pressure that PSG had of, you know, having to win to get through. You know, Liverpool, even if they lost... They were even still going to be in with a chance, and PSG had to win this game. Remember, so you know they were under a lot more pressure, and you know PSG fair play to them really shut Liverpool out. That they didn't really manage to create that many chances, uh, and for the rock and roll football that Liverpool play to not create yeah. many chances is uh, is uh, pretty poor, I would say. Um, but yeah, I thought you know PSG they defended well, they came together as a team, they got over the line, um, but then. The whole debacle is surrounding these diving players. And I've seen a lot of comments from former Liverpool players, Jamie Carragher, uh, obviously saying that, saying things like, oh, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how I'd be able to look my kids in the face or whatever after doing that sort of diving. And I mean, obviously, we all agree, well, I would fair. say that, you know, diving so not... He knows what he's talking about. He does. He does. Um, I mean, obviously, I feel like, you know, obviously diving should not be part of the game. And yeah. it is, it is really poor. Um, but for me, 
I, I, I kind of comment on it is that if if it was an English team doing it to a, another European team, would the narrative be different? Would it be more good game management rather than you know, ah, oh, it's, it's sickening. I, I that's the only thing. I, I kind of think in some ways, you know, I feel like in a different scenario, I'm not sure if the Liverpool players were diving around. I'm not sure if he'd be, you know he'd be, you know, saying how it's all bad and stuff. But look, that, I, that's by the by, I guess. In terms of the game, I think PSG, you know, deserves to win. Mo Salah, once again, going missing in a big game. Um, and, you know, having the, uh, having the Mesut Ozil effect. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> contagious, but, uh, you know, he's, he's going missing in, in another big game. And yeah, so, I mean, I don't, he needs to sort out his form. But yeah, I thought it was an entertaining game and I think PSG just deserves to win it. I mean, to be honest, I, I think what you said there is 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 in uh, overall very accurate, and, and I wouldn't dispute anything. What I would say is that Klopp doesn't seem to be getting any blame, and I'm not I'm not asking for Klopp to be blamed because he made key personnel changes. Uh, he dropped Trent Alexander Arnold, moved out Gomez to right back, brought in. Um, his ever dependable centre back, um, what's his name, Lovren. Uh, you've only got to say Lovren's name to a Liverpool fan, and you'd think that they're in the set of the Walking Dead. They'll start running a mile and screaming. Uh, they they have no faith in him as a centre back, and it changes the dynamic. It changes the dynamic for Liverpool, and I think when we talk about Liverpool not being you know, as uh, as as Nick negative Nicky would say, sorry Nick, I'm gonna have to mention you. Uh, the Alex Higgins style of football, shoot from the hip first. When you have Lovren in your defense, you're not able to build your your freestyle, rapid approach play on solid ground because he's he he's Liverpool's version of of Phil Jones. He has a rick in him. He, yeah, he is. You know, for all of the talk that he had in the World Cup, Liverpool fans to a man and woman don't have that much faith in him but they have a lot of faith in uh, Van Dijk and Gomez as a centre-back pairing they have a lot of faith in Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right and Robertson on the left and when you change your strong back four and you don't have the same kind of creativity in the midfield something is missing PSG were up for it because they took one they took a, uh, they didn't like the, the way they were treated at Anfield so they were definitely not going to allow Liverpool to play that they the way that they wanted to play. They were very much on the front foot. History that that's the kind of game that they're not going to actually sustain throughout their um, league performances because there won't be that level of high octane press. And you you look at that PSG team and think, well, oh, if they play like that, they can win. They won't sustain it because they'll usually fall away. And they'll meet a team that says you can play against us like that one game and we might draw. But to do it two games in a row, you'll find it very difficult. So I too was surprised that Liverpool didn't uh, actually score more than the one. They were very fortunate to get the penalty. And it, and, and if it wasn't for uh, someone actually speaking to the referee, I doubt they would have actually had the penalty. Liverpool seemed to be off pace, off the pace of what we know of this Liverpool team. So if that was a Jose team performance, yeah. they would have literally flogged him in the street and put him in some kind of square box and thrown stones at him. Uh, but it's Klopp. He's seen in a, in a different light. 
There's no blame. Uh, missing key defenders against a top, top, top European team. And you've only got to think of Mbappe and Neymar and Cavani and Verratti. And you think, really, can I afford to put Lovren in? And if you say yes, then you have, you know, as they say, pays your money, takes your chance. And Liverpool came out the worst for wear. And because of it, because of that defeat, they're sitting third in the group. Third behind PSG, who's second, and on top is Napoli. It's crazy, isn't it? It's cra- and I look at it and I think, seriously, Liverpool really should be second. But I don't understand how they are third. Now, they can still qualify. You know, their last game is at home. They only need to win by a single goal or at least 2-0. Uh, but, but when the stakes are this high, and any, any of the, the, the UK-based football clubs that are in the Champions League, they know how much money they bring in from the Champions League, how much money they will make in terms of gate revenue, TV, merchandise, et cetera, et cetera. You know that the owners are probably having a quiet word with him. I, 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 it, that, that group in itself is the one group that stands out in terms of I would never have envisaged Liverpool to be there in that group, in that position third. Whereas you talk about um, Spurs, who, who Jessica watched, they're in a totally different position. It looked like they were on their way out and they, and they get a lifeline and they get a very good lifeline. Um, I, th- I thought it was a very good footballing game to watch, but the, the, the comments about the diving and the rolling, it's to be expected. and It really is. And, and I question about VAR. If there, are, if there is that amount of diving, if there is that amount of rolling around, people talk about VAR, um, only being brought in for certain things, you can use VAR for that. It's there. If there's, uh, if there's, it's there. It makes sense to use it. I only watched the highlights, so I didn't see all the diving stuff. They didn't really. Oh, they edited those out. Yeah. They probably last as long as the highlights to dive in. Mm, that's not. Yeah, I don't like to see that. But... No. Um, Name Spurs, on. Spurs, and what and, and what you saw of Spurs and your. Your um, favorite lover, Ericsson. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Good. Um, yeah, they were they uh, they played well. I thought they uh, uh, well they played within reason. <laughs> they probably yeah. should have away much earlier, but um, yeah, I'm glad they. You know, while being a Man United fan, that's good. I'm glad. But you know what's interesting? Actually, in all the games, pretty well all the games. Um, What's interesting is the style of play. And you know how we talk about, oh, there's no more wingers and there's no more this and there's no... But a lot of these games, it the goals were coming from the wings. There was a mm. lot of open play and a lot of running. And um, and if you look at... I looked and I, I watched the second half of Man United, but I, I watched the highlights just to see like what they showed. And you can see that Man United is so bogged down in that central area trying to get through the middle to score a goal. That's... Like in hockey, we're always screaming, get it out on the wings, right? And then to the point, man. And a lot of these games, and the Spurs game was similar. The the flowing play was really nice to see. Mm. And the crossing, and um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, was there, I mean, apart from Ericsson, who I know you you gush over in a moment, was there any of the Spurs players that stood out for you in that game that you thought, one, what would they be like to play in, in the Manchester United team? Or two, that surprised you? 
because there was there was a, there were at least two players that stood out in that, that team that I watched a bit of that game, um, so that stood out in that performance for me. I don't know that I watched it that closely. Oh, okay, um, I, I posed the question to Red Devil. Did you catch it at all? Um, well, I wasn't able. It was it was more just kind of extended highlights. So I wasn't able to catch it because obviously, um, I was my eyes were keenly focused on on on, on Liverpool's adventures. So. And obviously the two games were at the same time, so I wasn't well, able to catch it live, well, unfortunately. As, as we do in the On and Off the Pitch podcast, we have split screen in the oh, yeah. high-tech, high-tech studio that is the living room. I, I, I pay to watch the cha- Champions League, and oh, I, really, I, I pay $20 a month to watch it on my laptop. And um, I realised that they actually have that. They have a thing called On the Box or something. And they show all the games as they're going on. They rotate around the games. So next time well, I'm going to do that. Well, but, you, 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 there's no need to show off, Jessica. Really? <laughs> well, you can't get the games here, and and it's re- and you know other other sources that might be used. Uh, it's, for some reason for these particular games, it's really hard. Oh, okay. Um, well, what I will say is I had um, the TV yeah. on, and I had my my uh, laptop on uh, watching it via BT Sport, blah, 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 on another channel. And um, Spurs were very good going forward, I would say. Sissoko, who for me stood out in that Spurs game as a player who who a year ago would have been written off. Spurs fans would have given him away for a bag of sweets and some crisps. They literally wanted him gone. He seems to be a totally different player. And as you mentioned about the the wing play, when Son came on, mm. uh, on the left-hand side, immediately had an impact, running directly at uh, the, 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 the opposition defence and, and putting them under immense, immense pressure. And I thought to myself, isn't that something that a player can come on and know straight away, I'm not going to go inside. I'm not going to go into an area where it's already congested. I'm going to isolate the the left back or the right back. I'm going to isolate him. I'm going to do a couple of step overs. I'm going to go past him and I'm going to make him challenge me. Either the ball's going to go across the goal or I'm going to get a corner. And when I looked at that and I thought to myself, he'd only been on literally two or three minutes. But you know exactly what he was meant to do and he stayed to it. And as you said, Jessica, when you looked at the goals in the Champions League, a lot of it's coming from the wing. There is a tendency uh, when I uh, talk back about Manchester United very briefly that those that play on the wing don't want to stay wide. They want to come inside. Those that um, play wide are unable to cross the ball effectively or with any accuracy or as Red Devil Weekly likes to say, the key word is consistency. They just don't have that. And it's, it's sad, but also an indictment of the players that are playing in those positions. Because if you know you're not going to be um, a number nine, if you know you're going to play out wide, you're going to have to learn how to cross the ball. So uh, Spurs, Son on on the left-hand side was a a real direct threat. And Sissoko, his pace, his energy, and his direct style of play literally just ran through players as if they weren't there. When I say run through, not not like the incredible Hulk, but, you know, he he did go past them with, with ease. And um, it, I'm happy for Spurs because it looked like they weren't going to make it. And they they leapfrog 
um, Inter Milan into second place in their group, and uh, I think it's on goals mm-hmm. they, they stay second. And 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 it, it's strange that the two teams that we talk about, Liverpool and Spurs, were in reverse positions. Mm-hmm. Second, one was third. Everyone was talking about Spurs not making it and crashing out, and Liverpool. Hopefully, all they needed to do was get a draw and maintain their position, and they lose, and Spurs win, and all of a sudden now the team that's second in the league is now facing the possibility of not getting out of the, the group phase, and Spurs look quite comfortable knowing that. I mean, they have a very tough game against Barcelona. Let's face it, but this Spurs team have shown that they've got the heart and the bottle to to face any of the European teams and. The way Harry Kane is playing as a striker, I think he's on a one-man mission. Yeah, he's amazing. And and drag Spurs to where he wants them to be, let alone where the the Spurs fans want the the team to be. I believe he definitely is a, what they say, is a man's man. He wants wants to win trophies as much as he wants to be leading goal scorer. it's a team, right? You're looking at it as a team, and like the common one of the commentators said um, that they they you know obviously they didn't spend money, they didn't get transfers in, all that stuff, and yet here they are playing as this amazing team that's come together. And you know, is that down to the manager, or is that down to the team character, or what's that down to? You could talk that about that all day and all night, but I think I think, I think that's a down to an ideology. As well yeah. as as much as um, well, some people say like to use the word philosophy, but ideology, way of thinking, way of approaching the game, just just the long term goal, the short term goals, the steps that you need to take between the two. How are you going to implement them? What do they look like? What will it mean for the club, the manager, the players? All of those things, they're all enmeshed as one. It's it's not. It's very easy to think of say and say one thing and say this is it. This is the one thing that people are gonna pin their hat on and say this is the reason that we are successful. Or, this is the reason why we're not successful. There are many different factors, many different, many, 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 many. many. Uh, was there anything? And, and this is where we kind of move into the any other business area because I'm thinking, thinking on my feet, which is which is good. Is there anything that stood out for you in the world of sport, preferably football? Yeah, I know, I know. I, I asked too preferably. much. <laughs> preferably, not trying to not trying to direct the conversation, but you know, it could be uh, that stood out for you this week that you want to think that you just want to say, you know what, this is what I think that you're you're upset with or you're happy to see. Maybe the gear on the line. <sighs> What a what a save! <laughs> Talk about shaking your head. <laughs> yeah, your that's head. when you shake your head. Jose should have shaken his head at that moment as well, and everyone would have been like, "Hey, what's he doing?" Yeah, oh, that. And did you see those messy girls out of absolutely nothing? Well, nothing. it's messy. What do you think? It's just so, messy. Just like you're watching it, and it's like, oh, it went in. <laughs> yeah, and people still say he's no good. Nah. Um, don't worry, that, that debate will continue. Um, and Ronaldo definitely. also had a very good game, actually. He, he did, he did, yeah. he did. Who knows, they may be destined to meet each other in the Champions League. You never know. 
You never know. Uh, Red Devil Weekly, uh, anything that uh, stood out for you? Well, I mean, it, just in the general football world, yeah. Um, Stoll Campbell getting uh, yes. Joe at Mac- Macclesfield Town. You know, yes. I thought that was quite, that was quite good. Yeah, I, do you know something? I'm I'm glad you mentioned it. I wanted to mention it, but I was going to mention it as well with 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 something else. It's been a long time uh, coming for this this um, I would say a great player for um, the clubs that he's played for, Spurs and Arsenal. Maybe the Spurs fans may be a little bit bitter. Uh, considering the way that he left them to go and play for Arsenal, but they will they will understand that he was a good player. Uh, it, and on, on the very eve of the programme, or the very day of the programme, Out of the Skin by Ian Wright, which looked at um, the emergence of black players in, 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 in the British culture as footballers and the journey that they've made, that he then actually gets his job at Macclesfield, who are bottom of the league and probably willing to give anyone uh, the opportunity to come and manage them. But I'm glad for him. I hope that he's successful and I hope that he's able to build on on the opportunity that he's been given or that he's been uh, successful to obtain and and move on. Because there's, for me, when I watch football as a, as a, as a black man, um, you always look for people of colour. It's, 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 people may think, why do you do that? You do. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see how they're doing. You want to know what they're like. You want to see if they're, they're flair players. You want to see whether they are um, wholehearted in their play. You want to see whether they're going to represent. And people think, what, what does that mean? You say, well, you, you have a battle in life generally to, to, as, as any person of colour. You have a, a battle and people will say, no, you don't, but you do. And this programme, if you haven't seen it, um, please do watch it if you get a chance to, because it 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 speaks to the players that went through something at a period in time where many of the football fans now only know about the Premier League, and they only know about you know um, certain dances that on a, on a particular game platform and say, oh, this is what we need to do, and they don't understand the emotional journey and the physical journey that players of a different colour or from a different culture had to go through to make it in football and in this country. And it, and it is, it was a very powerful programme, but also what it did for me is it reminded me, and this is something that I'm going to come back to and talk about on another podcast over a number of weeks, what it was like for me playing football at that time in a non-professional footballing team and the issues that black players like I, myself and my friends had to face very similar. Obviously no one's sending bullets in the post, but the language was there, the attitudes were there, all of the things that you heard on the programme were there for players that were playing Saturday and Sunday league football that weren't professionals. It was all there. Um, and yeah, so for me, Sol Campbell getting a job, um, his first managerial job after being a very good footballer and good professional um, was pleasing to see. And that, that's the one thing, I say that's the one thing, that's one of the things that stood out for me this week. Um, so yeah, Red Devil Weekly, you, you, you jumped right in there with that one saying Sol Campbell. <laughs> well, I- be there. Who knows? 
Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I was just happy because you know, obviously, um, it's his, as you said, it's his first job, and uh, I think I remember I saw him. You know, before he actually was uh, sort of announced, he was kind of learning. I think he was training with when England were on international duty. He was kind of with some of the coaching staff and stuff there, and you know, he was he was learning and things. And I think you know, it's. <laughs> I just thought good for him, you know, good for him. And I think, you know, it, it might not be, obviously, you know, it's a big learning curve as well. You know, management is, you know, I, I, I was going to say it's not all that's cracked up to me, but it's not like I've got any uh, any experience. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 I think it's going to be a, a welcome challenge. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he can climb his way up to the top and potentially we could see him in, in the Premier League or, you know, as a role with England or something like that. So yeah, I just, just thought it stood out to me. Yeah, actually, before he got the job, I thought he was actually linked with the under-21 role at, for England, actually. His name was mentioned in um, uh, on, uh, on a news, on a, on a radio programme I was listening to, and I said he might be in line for that position. So, you know, the fact that he has a management role, I'm happy, and I'm sure he's very happy. And uh, we'll see, we'll see, obviously, it won't be easy because it is Macclesfield and uh, they're in a difficult position. Uh, not in the same position as uh, the other team that starts with M, Monaco, but they're, you know, uh, they're in a difficult position as well. I felt bad for them. I, their, their defences, you talk about Man United being shocking sometimes. <laughs> that game was, was that defensive. It was shocking. See that smooth link up I went from Macclesfield to Monaco. The two are no, nowhere near the same. Definitely yeah. in, in housing or in, or in the weather. <laughs> But seemingly very similar in, in the quality of football at the moment. Well, the, well I, I, I don't know about the quality of football, but definitely in terms of the results. Definitely oh, yeah, In yeah. terms of the results, they're not winning anything. And um, watching old um, Falcao step up to take that penalty, I'm thinking he's got to score this. He's, he's a seasoned pro. He's, a you know, a former Manchester United alumni. He has to. And he puts it wide. And I'm like thinking, he never played for my club. <laughs> Don't know who he is. <laughs> Stranger. No, um, like I said, um, Henri is, if he wasn't already bald, he'd probably start to go grey. Because he, he, he now will realise that being on the sideline as a manager, uh, after a week of training with players, telling them, this is what I need you to do, this is how I need you to be, and it doesn't come off how frustrating that is and how he will go home and he will ruminate, think over, doubt himself, not doubt himself, and have to try and work out how he can um, invigorate and counsel players that are probably feeling really, really low. And uh, we think Jose's got it bad. Uh, he, he hasn't. He, he, Jose just has a number of people that dislike him a lot. Uh, Manchester United aren't bottom of the league. I won't say yet, but, you know, hopefully. <laughs> it came out. I was meant to keep that in my mind. I wasn't meant to say that out loud. Come on, man. Not yet, yet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the glass is half full. Can you oh, imagine God. Manchester? Oh, my Lord. The meltdown. Uh, the meltdown. <laughs> People think there's a problem with Brexit. If Man United ever get relegated. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, and you know what, guys? I'm, I've realised that we're running close to time. And uh, I'm going to say thank you for joining me again. 
on the On and Off the Pitch podcast. It has been a blast. We've been kind of Manchester United focused because we, we need to get things off of our chest. You know, air, clear the air, you know, and United are through the group stage. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Red Devil Weekly. No problem, Rodney. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, anytime. Uh, uh, thank you for being uh, so kind to join again. And uh, the CEO of Premier Canada Premier Language. Oh, I can't even get the words out now. Premier Canada Language. Am I getting that right? I'm getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. Premier okay. Language Canada. I got it right the first time. You did. Let's just play that bit at the back of the, the, the beginning and then everyone will be fine. <sighs> I think I need something to eat. <laughs> Um, thanks for joining me. <laughs> thanks for joining me, Jessica. You're and, welcome. Uh, and we will see you all again very, very soon. Please, if you have any questions or comments, send them to at on and off the pit, P I T one, or at Rodney underscore Cyrus with a C. We'll be back very, very soon. Hope you've enjoyed it and bye for now.